Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Keith Caulfield, and I am the co-director of Charts at Billboard, based here in Los Angeles. And joining me on the other line in New York is Billboard's editorial director, Jason Lipshot. Hello, Jason. What's up, man? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. As always, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition... You can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. It's true. It's true, That's man. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, we, have a, we have a fun show today. We do. Tell us all about it, Jason. <laughs> what, 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 how, how fun is it? Well, we'll be talking about Pink's high-flying performance on the American Music Awards and her new video for Beautiful Trauma. Uh, we'll also be talking about how Stone Temple Pilots is back with a new singer and how Rihanna is the cover girl of both the new issues of Vogue, Paris, and Dazed. Does this mean new music from Riri is on the horizon? We can only hope. Plus, in charts news, we're talking all things Taylor Swift because her Reputation album debuts at number one on the Billboard 200. We'll also be talking about Little Pumps, Gucci Gang makes a big gain on the <laughs> Billboard Hot 100. Gain and gain, gang and gang. It's Gangnam Style this week with Little Pump. Wow. And uh, can anyone not named Taylor Swift or Adele ever sell a million copies of an album in a week again? We'll talk about that later on. Interesting. Uh, Interesting. In addition, man, we've got an interview with one of my faves, Tovlo. Love Tovlo, the singer and songwriter. Stopped by the office recently to chat with Billboard's associate editor, Lindsay Havens, about her new album, Blue Lips and the inspiration behind her new single, which I will not say on on uh, on air. So stay tuned for that later on in the show. It sounds like disco bits, but it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's uh, not. <laughs> but first, Keith, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, Keith, if you enjoy the podcast, if listener, you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on iTunes so you never miss an episode. Give us a rating or review while you're at it. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard. Visit iTunes.com slash Billboard Podcasts. All right, man. Let's hit some of the biggest headlines on Billboard.com. Uh, Pink wowed the American Music Awards last Sunday with a death-defying performance of her new single, Beautiful Trauma. Then on Tuesday, she dropped the song's music video, co-starring uh, Channing Tatum. Nice get, Pink. <laughs> uh, first of all, what do you think of the performance? Um, I, I don't know how Pink can continue to top herself, but she seems to, and I don't know what's left. Like, we're going to have her, like, perched from a drone flying <laughs> across, like, like, like the Grand Canyon, you know, singing, I, I, singing with an orchestra, like, strung from her legs. I, I don't know what's left for her to do, and, I mean, it was amazing, but I'm just like, like, where do you go from here? <laughs> yeah, it's... You know, it, it, the fact that she keeps pulling this off and it keeps amazing. I mean, the, her performance at the VMAs, which was more of a, a medley and retrospective of her career, was amazing, too. I, it's, yeah. She she keeps doing it. What do you think of the video? Well, the video is great. I mean, it's it's I mean, it's fun to see a uh, video where Pink and Channing Tatum, you know, Channing Tatum, who's a professional dancer, and Pink, who is not really a professional dancer, but sort of is. I mean, she's a pop star. You know, dancing in couple dancing and, you know, but also kind of like 
serving up a video that gives you some twists that you are not expecting and you think it's going to be like this perfect sort of 1950s vibe video uh, because it looks very sort of Pleasantville crossed with Leave it to Beaver. Yeah. And then, you know, by the end of the video, it is like surprised you in where it takes you. So if you haven't seen it yet, go see it. It's very well worth watching. And if you haven't seen her performance of Beautiful Trauma on the AMAs, where she hangs from the side of a hotel uh, slash apartment complex in downtown L.A., quickly go to YouTube and watch it. Um, and then go check out her album, like I'm doing her PR or something. Jeez, wow. It's a great, it's, it's a fun video. It's a fun video. So, um, yeah, and, and the, the one thing I'll add before we move on is it'll be interesting to see if this if this song, thanks to the performance and video, takes off in a way that, you know, What About Us, uh, the lead single, d- did pretty well. It was a, a top 40 hit, but um, wasn't um, a, a massive hit uh, like, like some of the ones in Pink's past, but you never know. Maybe Beautiful Trauma gets uh, into that top 10. In Pink's past. Ooh. Wow. with the alliteration. Yeah, that's what I do. All right. Uh, rock band Stone Temple Pilots are back and with a new singer, the famous Jeff Goot. Yeah, not very famous, but um, <laughs> he's but he's there. He's in this band now. <laughs> he sounds good, man. On November 15th, the band announced they had recruited a new front man for the band and had released a new single titled Meadow. A new full album, a full new album from the band is due out in the spring of 2018 on Atlantic. Actually, uh, Billboard's own Stephen Horowitz uh, was at their debut show. Um, oh, it was at the... The Troubadour. The Troubadour, yeah. yeah. Troubadour here in LA. Yeah. Um, I'm... I've 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 been a fan of Stone Temple Pilots. What? Um, really? Yeah. I mean, I'm not like a, like crazy fan, but I really liked their sort of like the first like four albums. I really loved that, and I saw them live when Wylan got like out of rehab the first time, like a million years ago, when I was an intern at Billboard, and and I it's a long story. I've told it on the show before where I got to go backstage, but I didn't realize I had like a really cool pass that would have got me into like the inner sanctum to like meet the band because I was dumb. So I'm like mingling out in like the general area where there was food, but evidently I could have gone and like met the band in a special room, but I didn't realize that because I didn't know what kind of <laughs> wristband I had. Anyway, <laughs> but that said, um this new dude, Jeff Goot, um sounds kind of like scott wyland <laughs> sure um which you know is probably kind of part of the gig if you're going to be in stuntable pilots you probably should be able to sing the songs that scott wyland you know sang previously uh, before of course he died in december 2015 um it'll be interesting to see what happens though with the new album and and the reception uh that you know, he and the band gets with the new material. Have you have you heard the new single, Jason? What do you think of this? I single? have. It's pretty good. I mean, it's it's always so hard to try to replicate that original effect of, of a band, but you know, it's it's an ad. It, it's a it's a solid song, and I, I think it's admirable that they're they're still playing. And uh, you know, according to Stephen, they, they they were pretty good at the Troubadour. So hmm. um, there you go. We shall see. All right, man. Uh, Rihanna Watch. Rihanna is on the cover of... Rihanna Watch. Rihanna Watch. She's on the cover of both Vogue Paris and Dazed. Dot, dot, dot. Does this mean new music from Rihanna is coming soon? It's been nearly two years, man, since her last album was released in January 2016. But it's not like she's been resting on her laurels. She's released collaborations with... Future, of course, Kendrick Lamar, 
DJ Khaled, uh, that was a number two hit, Wild Thoughts. And, and recently, N.E.R.D. with Lemon. So, Keith, new, new Rihanna coming soon? What, what do you feel like? Do you, are, are you pumped? How are you feeling? Well, I mean, I, 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 now this is just me assuming. I'm assuming that this sort of full court press with magazine covers means that she's promoting something. But I don't know if it's just her new line of clothing and like beauty products or something. Or maybe it's like some new tennis shoe that we're not aware of. Or does it actually mean she's promoting music that may be on the horizon? I I want to hope that it's music, but I don't really know. Have you have you heard any rumblings from the Navy, uh, Jason? I have the Rihanna not, Navy. You know, and and I think that it's going to be pretty uh, close to the vest until until we get a, a new Rihanna. Um, <laughs> it'll just it'll just magically appear in our phones sometime next year. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, in a lot of people for, forget, but in 2015 she kept dropping these songs. Uh, um, you know, oh, Ameri- right. American Oxygen and Bitch Four Better Have Second My Money and Bitch Better Have My Money, and none of those ended up making the incredible album that followed. Um, so yeah, I, I guess we'll see. But um, I, I'm excited. I, she's got some, uh, you know, she she's had some bangers this year. The I love that Nerd song. It sounds like the it sounds like a song that was like constructed around an amazing Rihanna verse like Pharrell got this amazing Rihanna verse in his inbox and was like all right I guess we got to build a song around this so. he's like uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not stupid let's <laughs> let's yeah. work with what we got yeah so there you go man those are the big headlines this week well um let's move on to some chart news let's run the billboard chart numbers and do the chart chat here are three of the biggest headlines on the charts number one Taylor Swift's reputation debuts hugely at number one on the Billboard 200, selling more than a million copies. Number two, with Taylor selling a million albums, which is a rare feat in itself, can anyone else do it? Jason and I will discuss in just a second. And number three, Little Pump plows into the top five on the Hot 100. uh, Plows into the top three, I should say, on the Hot 100 for the first time with Gucci Gang. Gucci, Gucci, Gucci. Um, Okay. Let's break down each of these individually. First is that up, is is that what yes. Gucci Gang sounds like to you? Um, yeah, <laughs> Gucci Gucci. It's kind of like Coochie Coochie uh, from you know Coochie Coochie from uh, uh, Charo. Yeah, I was and then say. or or else I or else uh, I just like have a small child like you know a baby and I'm saying Gucci 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 I don't know. This is where little pump fans are just like, why are we listening to this dude? Okay, so first up, Taylor. Number one, Reputation, which was released on November 10th through Big Machine Records, debuts at number one on the Billboard 200 with 1.238 million equivalent album units earned in the week ending November 16th, according to Nielsen Music. That's the biggest week for an album since Adele's 25 debuted with 3.482 million units back in 2015. By the way... Nielsen Music began tracking music sales back in 1991. That'll make sense, and it'll be important to note in just a second, because number two, Reputation sold 1.216 million albums. 1.2 million. Like 1.22 million, basically. That's the largest sales week for an album since Adele's 25, debuted with 3.38 million. And it's Swift's fourth million selling week she's the first artist to have four million selling weeks in the history of nielsen music and reputation's debut is the 10th largest sales week for an album in nielsen history anyway you slice it reputation's debut is huge huge 
Um, also, Reputation is Swift's fifth number one album on the Billboard 200 following her last four studio efforts, 1989, Red, Speak Now, and Fearless. Um, yeah, it's been... It's been a busy week for Taylor, but strangely, like, she's been very quiet on social media, except for her Taylorking. Uh, I think I got it right, Taylorking? Yeah. You know, where she's, like, been uh, uh, tw- uh, tweeting out photos of fans with her album. Though she, it looks like she did stop by Target and actually pick up a copy of her album. Uh, I think I think there's a video of that. But it's strangely, like, Taylor's been sort of very quiet in terms of uh, interviews, I don't think has she done like an actual interview? Not in, yet. Not 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 yet. Not unless you count that magazine that you can get at Target that is bundled with her album, where I think she does an interview with. Does she do? Does she actually do an interview in that magazine, like with her cat, or she, is she talking to someone, or what? She 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 wrote a an open letter to fans, basically. I see. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder if Taylor will be become like a Beyonce, where she just like never does interviews again it's just like let the music speak for itself i I definitely think she's there with this um for sure yeah so far and so far it seems to be working just fine she's letting the music speak for itself well we can move on um in the past six years the only artists to sell a million copies of an album in a week have been adele who did it three times with one album 25 um she did it in her first and second weeks and then the fifth week that the album was on sale which was also the week leading up to christmas of 2015 um and obviously taylor who did it with the debut weeks of red 1989 and now reputation jason is there anyone else that can possibly still sell a million copies of an album in a single week what do you think I don't know. I, I, I guess that's my I guess that's my answer. I, I, I want to say Great answer, Jason. I want to say <laughs> Well, I wanna say that it's it's <clears throat> if the answer is either there's about three different artists that it could be, um in in terms of established superstars. I think Drake with the right project could get there. Right. Um I think maybe Justin Timberlake, he got close uh in twenty thirteen. I think that if it's if it kind of has that surprise element, right. um, maybe a Beyonce. Uh, that that's the whole thing is if if it's if it's done the right way or has the right single um, leading it. There's a couple that could do it. Um, otherwise, I think it might it, it would have to be someone who's on the rise right now and is and it kind of blows up in a way that Adele blew up. I mean, the fact is that Adele has the biggest you know the the biggest album debut sales week of all uh, you know ever uh in the nielsen era um on her third album like it's not it's not like she's like this veteran artist um that has been around for decades um she blew up with her second album and then she had a huge third album so i i I do i guess that's my answer is that there's about three or three to five artists i mentioned timberlake drake beyonce with the right project they could finally cross the cross that threshold um and then maybe someone, maybe someone we're not even thinking about yet, but that blows yeah. up in the next couple of years. What, what do you think? I think, um, I think yes to all those things you just said. Um, and uh, yeah, it is interesting to think of what you know Adele did. You know, she, even though she sort of came to popularity in the digital era, her fan base is from eight to eighty. 
you know, so she actually has a lot of older people that are buying her full album as opposed to streaming it. And, you know, she also kept her 25 album off of streaming services for like the first five or six, seven months of its release. So that certainly helped sales to a degree too. So, you know, it could be someone who's just coming up now, but the trick is you really need to get older fans into your music for them to buy it um, and for you to be able to sell that many copies of your album in a week. Um, and, you know, it could be someone that we haven't even thought of, that we don't even, that we haven't even met yet. You know, a couple of years ago, um, Susan Boyle dropped out of the sky. Yeah. Yeah. That's Su- the answer. That's the correct answer. Subo. Subo. She did like 700,000 something copies of her first album, I Dream to Dream, back in 2009. So, I mean, what if there's another Susan Boyle type phenomenon that, you know, it drops I don't out even of think nowhere. you need the word type in there. I think you, you ask, what if there's another Susan Boyle phenomenon? And the answer is, I'm ready for it. With literally Susan Boyle again? Yeah, let's go. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> so let's move on. Over on the Hot 100, <laughs> as the top two are actually static this week with Post Malone's Rockstar at number one and Camila Cabello's Havana at number two, we've got a new title in the top three as Hot 100 chart manager Gary Trust wrote on Billboard.com, Lil Pumps, Gucci 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 Gang, Gucci Gang, Bass Plass back to the Hot 100's top 10 at a new high, jumping from 12 to 3, which surpasses its prior peak of number 7, powered heavily by its 3 to 2 gain on the streaming songs chart. It had 45 million streams uh, last week, by the way, um, helping encourage the increase, uh, the increased or continued momentum of the song's official video, which premiered in October. But the video continues to be really popular. And also the track is getting a lot of pickup in user-generated viral videos. So I'm wondering, because I was looking at the sort of the nitty-gritty of the charts and the the point breakdown between the top three, if Little Pump gains as much as it did this week, it could actually threaten, you know, Camila at number two next week. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. And we still don't, as, as of this recording, I don't think we have a Post Malone official video yet. I think we have a sort of visual that's kind of a quasi video, that sort of yellow thing that's floating around right now. It's not just like a static video and it's not really a lyric video, but it's like a visual to tide you over. Um, I just, it just seems like Post Malone's going to drop that video and like sort of smush anyone's chances for number one for like the next few weeks. But who knows? We'll find out. We'll see. Yeah. All right, Jason. I think it's time for uh, a little guest interview, perhaps. Are you ready, man? Are you ready? Ready for it? Yes. I love I love Tobla. I mean, you know I'm a big fan. You are. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I'm a big fan of her of her album from last year, Ladywood. Um, yeah, it's 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 a great one, man. Um, the singer songwriter came in the other day to chat with our own Lindsay Havens, who I think is making her her pop shop debut. She is indeed. This is the first time she's on the uh, sort of the flagship main mothership pop shop podcast. Pop shop. Yeah, she's a regular, yeah. of course, on uh, with me and Joe Lynch on Must Hear Music. Um, but Lindsay talked to her about Blue Lips, how it's a continuation of Ladywood, which came out a year ago. She also chats about the new album's lead single, Disco, Disco something. <laughs> Uh, where the name of the track came from and her bizarre experience filming its music video. So here you go, man. Our chat with Toblo. I'm from head to toe. 
Welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast, Tovlo. Very Thank happy you. to have you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so you are fresh off the release of Blue Lips. Yes. That's what we're here to talk about. This is phase two of Ladywood, which you only put out last October, so about yeah. a year ago. <laughs> um, so talk to me a little bit about the idea of releasing these two connected albums. How did that come together? Um, well, it started when I was going to release Ladywood, the first phase, and I realized what I was writing and making the album that like oh this is you know cl- well very very clear to me like this emotional roller coaster and just kind of um you following my heart and feelings through different phases and I um still felt it was you know there's a lot of songs that I wanted on there but I didn't want to like cram in 20 songs in one I wanted to feel like an album like just something that you could listen through and through and take in all of it and mm-hmm. you know I love to have my intros and outros and little like connecting the song so um I decided to divide it into uh, a double album yeah. and release the second half a little bit later on but as the year went on and I was touring and you know just living life and having a lot of new experiences I uh started to kind of add songs and rewrite and change and so um it turned into um it's you know a whole a whole new album. Yeah. I mean, half of the songs is still the songs I wrote back um, for the first record, but um, uh, the new songs I added was like I, I want them to be on there because it kind of represents where I'm at at the moment and it's a present thing. So mm-hmm. um, but that's why I gave it its own name, Blue Lips, because I just felt like it's still its own album, even though it's part of a whole. Yeah, yeah. and I love. I mean, the titles are kind of connected too, just in yeah. the, like their meaning. You know, they're just yeah. like a play on words of. Like male phenomenons, yeah. I guess. Like, yeah. Um, so I love that because you could still tell that they're closely related. Because it's funny. It's like you kind of think about like it's always that like, oh, what would you say if you were talking about a girl then? You know, it's always that like the yeah. Renev- the is really um, the kind of same sentiment. So uh, or if there is, it's in like a negative sense. Not that yeah. blue balls is in a positive sense, but just like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. You're giving us like a new female dictionary. Though. I love it. <laughs> um so each album has essentially two chapters. There's Fairy Dust and Firewood on La- Fire Fade on Ladywood, and then Light Beams and Pitch Black. So how did the chapters sort of help, like, define the narrative a little bit and give some structure to it? Um, I think it's, I mean, I don't even know if it's clear to anyone else, but to me, it just uh, gives me sort of um, like a timeline that mm-hmm. I feel, or timeline and energy that I feel good about. So it's the same way, like, I've always... Um, been writing a lot like when I was growing up I would write poems or short stories and I think it's kind of like important to me to tell a story somehow that it like um that there's like a, a vibe that you uh that you feel when you listen to a certain song and then I want that to take you into the next vibe and like mm-hmm. if, wh- whether it's like shocking you with a completely kind of different song than that was the one before or if it's like they you know kind of tie in together um and then for me, it's kind of like I like having the timeline of like, oh, I wrote this song when this happened. And then I wrote this song when this happened, you know, and kind yeah. of have that um, pattern to it, too. But that's kind of funny for Blue Lips. And I kind of been saying to my to my fans, I'm like, I want you to listen um, to it backwards because, you know, mm-hmm. the, the songs of Pitch Black are mainly from a breakup I had um, a few years back, whereas um, Light Beams is sort of where I'm at at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> It's fun, so you can listen to it both ways, yes. you know? Um, 
So yeah, I have to talk about the track Disco Tits. It's my yes. personal favorite. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it's like, how can you not dance to that? I'm going to talk about in the office how it makes us want to roller skate for whatever reason. I know. Like <laughs> A lot of people have said that. It makes me really happy. It kind of makes me think about, um, what's that, like Boogie Nights? Yeah, that movie? totally. Yes, exactly. <laughs> So I think we're going to try and organize like a little roller rink roller to that rink, song yeah. specifically. <laughs> um, so I was reading your boyfriend sort of unintentionally inspired the title. Yeah. So yeah. tell me a little bit about that. Well, we're at Coachella and um, it was, you know, huge moment for me because I've mm-hmm. been, that was like the first festival I went to like outside of um, Sweden or Scandinavia. And it was like such a different experience, like in Sweden, you it's like you roll around in the mud and it's raining all the time and everyone's drunking, puking. It's just like way more like violent <laughs> vibes, I feel like. Whereas Coachella, it was just, you know, so like the sun was shining and it was so like clean and pretty and people were wearing flowers. And I was mm-hmm. just like, this is such a different, you know, just vibe in general. And uh, I remember being like, oh, if I ever get to play here, that's going to feel huge, you know? Yeah. So when I then got to perform in it, it was like the first weekend I did like... Um, I felt it was one of my best sets and um, so it was the last show for a drummer that was there at the time and it was just kind of like a big night in general and I was wearing this top that was um, see-through and it just looked like a disco ball kind of had exploded on my tits so we're walking to go I don't remember what band we were going to watch but we're watching to see another performance and I just kind of get stuck looking up at the trees. I'm like, oh, this is so beautifully lit. No, this is so cool. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of turns around and goes like, hey, disco tits, let's go. And I'm like, that's my state of mind. That's who I am. I just feel very connected <laughs> to that phrase. Yeah, <laughs> so, totally. Um, I kind of took that with me into the studio the next week and just said to uh, Jacob and Ludwig, my producers, were like, okay, this is the title. Like, what are we making? And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, yeah. And it's, like, we just started making that track and kind of um, – the funny thing is when we were making the song, the arrangement obviously isn't the kind of traditional, usual um, right. uh, pop song arrangement. It was because we were, we had to like really feel it out. We're like, okay, what part do we feel like we want to hear next? Like, no, not that one. It should be, we should start with this one. We're like working on the arrangement, like almost way longer than we like wrote the parts, you know, because <laughs> it was just like, what makes us want to keep dancing? Like which part needs to come next? It was kind of a fun process, but it's funny since I don't say disco tits in it once, but it's like the song came yeah. about thanks to just the title <laughs> i kind of love that and it, somehow it's so clear what you're talking about yeah. even though it's like this totally new phrase <laughs> um so i mean what was the vibe like in the studio i just can picture like a disco ball descending from the ceiling well, i mean the vibe was just like we were you know um i mean it was in the middle of the day but we were just kind of dancing around and you know when it was five o'clock well, well you know it's beer time let's do it yeah. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Easy going. Yeah, happy. Yeah. Um, and then I just want to talk a little bit about the music video too. Were there any moments you just had to stop because you were laughing? I mean, it just looks like so much fun. I mean, it was honestly, it was more like bizarre and weird than mm-hmm. like, I mean, obviously I do still laugh a lot. Like all the kind of like acting and in, in was very like improvised and yeah. like the, the whole diner scene where we're like kind of having this argument we were just kind of doing spontaneously and then they're like, oh, we need to film this. We need, like, we need to catch like sound on this. Like, just like, just use iPhone mics. We don't care. Let's just, mm-hmm. we got to do this. And, um, but the, all the like, you know, sex scenes with this puppet is kind of, you just got to go, like, I, since I had some scenes with uh, Danny who plays the, the guy that, you know, mm-hmm. the puppet represents or whatever, um, 
he I like have to like kind of think like okay well it's, it's the same thing it's just think of how I act when I act with Danny you yeah. know and not like <laughs> not a fuzzy furry not a fuzzy puppet. yellow for a little puppet so um but luckily like Tobin who is the puppeteer he was very like he was very good at like taking the lead or like kind of um if I would say something he would he was very good at kind of reacting to that that made it easier for me to react to him and so um but it was fun. It was weird, but it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then, I mean, now that you just have so much momentum going, putting out two albums in a year, which is wild, yes. is that something that you want to do in terms of pace, or do you think now you want to take a little bit of a break? Where's your head at? Um, I mean, I've been told pretty much since I started, like, you, you know, you need a break, but mm-hmm. I tend to just, whenever I slow down, I just come up with a new idea that I want to do. So yeah. I'm like thinking that maybe you know i probably won't tour until like a bit later next year so like but it's because i want to like plan uh a real proper blue lips tour that feels um right (laughs) and uh um but i think so my thought is like okay what am i doing then the first you know a few months but i'm not taking a break it would just be more like i think create visuals to this part of the album as well and yeah um right (laughs) Yes, I feel like you're always writing. Yeah, I am. But it's it's different when you're on the road because that's when you kind of like you come up with ideas and then you just kind of let them sit for a second. I'll, mm-hmm. I, I have a studio with me and I'll like it's just a small setup that I can just set up in any hotel room and I'll be like come up with like simple track ideas or um, you know have a top line of melody or lyric that I feel strong about and then bring that into the studio when I have a writing block kind of set out. But for this album, it was different because I had it was like okay, there's a week here, like okay let's all meet up in LA and let's like record these, finish these ideas. Mm-hmm. And I would like kind of have to do it as I go. And that was a bit like strange once it was finished. I was like, Oh, is it done? Like, Oh, it's done. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, cause you kind of, I didn't keep track of what was um, like everything was just like kind of, it was way more chaotically put together, but there was a thought behind that. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cool. Well, is there anything else that I didn't ask you about that you want to throw in? Um, look forward to releasing the visuals for all of this. And, uh, um, yeah, the tour coming up. <laughs> awesome. Lots yeah. to look forward to. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thanks again to Toblo for stopping by. Thanks again to Lindsay, uh, who is the best. Uh, for chatting with Tove and, and of course Tove's new album Blue Lips out now go check it out it's it's really really great and now it is time for the chart stat of the week 30 years ago this week Billy Idol got his one and only number one on the Hot 100 with his cover of Moni Moni the song spent one week atop the list dated November 21st 1987. Idols originally, <laughs> Idols originally, Idol originally recorded a version of Tommy James and the Shondells 1968 number three hit for Idols 1981 EP Don't Stop, but the song actually found success in 1987 after Idol released a new live recording of the track. Moni Moni is one of Idols' 12 charted hits on the Hot 100. He also notched 16 hits on the Mainstream Rock Songs chart and 7 hits on the Dance Club Songs chart, believe it or not. So there you have it. 30 years ago this week, Billy Idol got his first and so far only number one on the Hot 100 with Moni Moni. 
Uh, I love Billy Idol. I think he's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Um, he's he's uh, I mean he had, he's uh, when I was younger I remember listening to uh, I think Moni Moni was probably well I know I take that back probably like the, the first songs I remember of his were probably like Rebel Yell and White Wedding because yeah. he was right at the sort of the dawn of MTV and I remember vividly his videos which were so striking and then I was like I got into it more with Moni Moni and then especially with like Cradle of Love which was a huge hit it went to number two on the Hot 100. But he just makes, he made great, and he continues to make, um, like, great kind of dance pop rock music um, where, you know, it, it was okay to dance. It was okay to, like, yeah. have, like, a fun beat and, like, a bass line, you know? And and he's just great. And Steve Stevens, who often did most of his guitar work, is just an awesome guitarist and whatever. Now I'm just blathering about Billy no, Idol. No, I saw Billy Idol uh, at Bonnaroo a couple years ago. It was oh, very you did? Cool. Yeah. Did did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was great. It was awesome. Were you there with your dad too? <laughs> no, I, no, he comes to pitchfork with me. He comes to pitchfork, not Bonnaroo. Right. Not Bonnaroo. Bonnaroo. That's a, that's a bit much. Taking your dad camping for the weekend might yeah, be too much. Yeah, that's intense. All right. Uh, any any parting words? Um, I feel like you might have some. I do. Um, I failed to to say this uh, last month, but it's fitting because this week is the week of Thanksgiving here in the U.S. So I want to say I'm thankful to Jason. Oh wow! Uh, yes. Um, for inviting me to be a part of the Pop Shop Podcast, which actually celebrated its fourth anniversary on October 3rd last month. Oh, wow. That's cool. We had our first show on October 3rd, 2013, so we just had our four-year anniversary. That's amazing. Yeah, so thank you, Jason. I'm thankful to you. And I'm also thankful you to you for stepping in while Katie was out on maternity leave. I know, I know. I don't know if she's back next week, so you might be here again. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying it now in case you are not here next week. Well, I appreciate it, man. Thank, I'm thankful for, for you and all of our listeners and pop music in general. Um, Keith, do you – this is here, one last uh, chart trivia. Do you remember what album came out the week of our first uh, Pop Shop podcast? Oh, boy. It was just one album, one big album? Yeah, I um, – it, might, it was either was it the Lord week or something. No, it was. Oh, very good guess. I think that was the week before, actually. Um, was it Pink? <laughs> nope, that was a Shoot. year before. Oh man, you're like a like a photographic memory or yeah, something. Man. I don't remember what was it. I just remember because that was a big uh, that was a big um, fall for pop music. That was Miley Cyrus with Bangers. Oh yeah. 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 Early October 2013. Um, wow. Crazy. I feel like you and I have had a, a bunch of bangers since. <laughs> so many in pod in, pod in podcast form. Um, well, what song should we go down on? Something from Miley or something else? Um, <laughs> let's uh, let's do "See You Again" from Miley Cyrus because honestly, Keith, after the last two weeks of doing uh, the podcast in person, I can't wait to see you to again. See you again. All right. See you next time. Miley, the next time we hang out, I will redeem myself, my honey.